Hey guys, special podcast this time. I actually deleted the podcast that I updated yesterday because I could not stand the sound on my home setup. I kind of recorded it quickly this weekend and it just drove me nuts. But a couple weeks ago, I actually got to participate at a professional radio studio with professional mics and record a podcast, a little bit of marketing, and also about Refs Need Love too. So I'm going to post that one here. I have the permission of the marketing madmen who allowed me to uh, take the content that we created together and post it onto my channel. I think it came out really great. Uh, the first half of that marketing madmen show was more about kind of marketing and what I do in business to business marketing and AI and technology. But I'm just going to post the referee content here about the refs need love to brand. If you want to hear that other content, shoot me a DM and I'll post the other half of the show too. Uh, thank you so much for your support. And I hope this sound is much better than my crap I posted the other day. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Nick Constantino and Trip Job here with David Gerson of TK Elevator. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that's really become pervasive, I think, in corporate America more than even the local markets is this work-life balance. Is I think a lot of people are returning to the office after working from home and getting comfortable and that, that drastic change is, you know, we had the great resignation and now it's the great stagnation and everyone's coming up with new words, even though it's only been like six months that have passed. Um, but that work-life balance and finding passion points and projects that you enjoy out of the office. And I think the good ones, those skills transfer to work because it's always about making a living. And I think if you really enjoy a passion project, when that spills over into your um, work life, I think that's a good thing. I think having children makes you more compassionate towards others. I think all those things. But um, talk a little bit about Rest Need Love too. Talk a little bit about your passion, your side project, um, and talk about what it's done to help you in your professional world and at TK. Well, first I will say, who doesn't have a side hustle in this day and age gotta. in technology? Well, that's mine. That's, so, <laughs> hey, we're talking about, I'm, I'm fortunate I've got a company that uh, encourages me to do this, you know, so yeah. it's once a week, it's great. I mean, people rent out their, their house, they rent out their car, they rent out their services. My wife has like five, six different little jobs and businesses. Um, so I have a, a side hustle, if you will, I don't know if that's the right call, or a passion project. So I have been a, a soccer referee for a little over eight years, and I've refed over a thousand games. And for a wow. while, I thought I was going to write a book about youth soccer in America. Uh, I, I did. Youth I, soccer I, parents. I, yeah. I well, as a parent, <laughs> as a coach, as a ref, you know, just watching the landscape and the crazy, weird uh, thing that's happened in youth soccer in this country and the largest sport of the world. And then about uh, 18, 19 months ago, um, you know, my kids had TikTok at the time, and I, I filmed my wife doing a funny thing wearing my ref uniform she was getting ready for a movie and it went viral and I was like oh this is kind of fun you know maybe I can do this again and so I started making some additional referee videos that were funny about being a ref and funny comebacks and then about I'd say three or four weeks into this little project I had a young referee reach out to me saying that they were racially abused during a match and they wanted to know you know how to deal with it and how to respond to it um, and then as I dealt with that situation, I got more and more of these people reaching out, dealing with referee abuse, um, verbal abuse, physical abuse, constantly, you know, happening. And so it started to take on a life of its own. And so that began this channel called Refs Need Love Too, where I set out to humanize the referee or officials in the eyes of the players and the fans. Yeah. And what started as kind of 
a funny little thing has now become a global brand that has a website and merch and podcast. I've got about 130,000 followers around the world, subscribers. Um, My videos get viewed between 5 and 10 million times a week. Um, but I dive into all sorts of different topics. I, maybe it's laws of the game. Uh, maybe it's you know how to be a, a new referee and starting out. And sometimes it's dealing with race, racism. I mean, yeah. here we are yeah. at the the fan sports radio and seeing what's happening to Vinicius Junior. and in in La Liga and being racially abused and and talking about that yeah. and bringing uh, eyes on it and also about the referee's perspective and how they deal with it as well. But it has been. Hilarious. Absolutely wild. I go to soccer fields now and I am like a semi rock star. I was at Home Depot the other day and I was pushing my cart into Home Depot after just finishing a couple matches and some guy slams on his brakes and yells out the window, refs need love too. (laughs) And this is not the first time that's happened to me. So I go to soccer fields. I have kids, parents, coaches want to take pictures with me. They love that a referee who's traditionally been behind a wall, you know, walled off, can't speak has no perspective, has no social media presence whatsoever. They're supposed to be perfect and they're, you know, they're the judge, they can't talk and now they have a referee that they can ask questions to, they can interact with, help explain what's happened to the team that they love, you know, was it the right call? Could it have been different? All that kind of stuff. And then there's the humanization that we are people, that yeah. we have families, that I am a dad, I am someone's son, you know, I'm a brother, there yeah. might be someone's mother, you know, daughter on that field. I mean, it's just completely been so eye opening to see the love for it. uh, I was telling Nick, my college age son just started this week uh, baseball umpiring. There you go. So he's gotten all trained and he's starting off. And I coached much like you did uh, baseball and uh, basketball. So I I know what he's in for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it draws parallels. Like, we have gotten too crazy with youth sports. I mean, look, if you are a major league baseball umpire and you are getting paid for that to be your career, like, you should be able to get yelled at. Like, let's be fair. That's what it is. Like, the ref at a basketball game, you know, you sit in the floor seats. And if you heard the things that were being said to those referees, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, should not even be aired on television, should be put in your children, Mm -hmm. let alone. Right. But when you are talking about eight year old, 10 year old, 12 year old kids that the parents are yelling at the referees, it shows how broken this has all become, Mm -hmm. right? That's not helping the children develop and, and get further. So I like that you're doing it, but I also like that you're making kids a voice to let these kids know that that's not okay. Yeah, that these are yeah. not the ways to be treated. There are ways you should stand up for yourself. So, so there's two things. So that professional referee has security. So they know that if someone comes onto the court, there's going to be security that's yeah. going to come protect them. At a youth sporting event or a semi-professional event, there is no such security. You are on your own. Yeah. You are on your own. And so I don't agree that those words should be thrown at a referee. I think it's awful, and those people should be escorted out of facility. I think you know what's happening to you know Valencia right now, where people have been yelling oh. these horrible racist things to players on the pitch. I don't think that's acceptable. I don't think it's a safe zone where you can go to a sporting event and just act like an imbecile and be rude, and that's okay. Well, I just want to say that. Uh, I forget which uh, European Europa League match or whatever where it came in and and when attacked the the visiting fans in their section. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, booing a ref when he made a bad call. I hear you. When I, the listen, ball goes the wrong way and you, you know, boo a ref. Like, that's part I, of the I, basketball I experience. I totally understand. There's and that's the home field advantage, passion. too, to some extent. I yes. think, again, for 99.99% of sporting events that are youth sporting events or what we call grassroots, 
There is no such protection. They're not getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're sacrificing their time away from their families to provide this service to the community. And yes, they're being compensated, but it's not paying a lot of money. The problem is those words become actions. So when you're a referee and you're on that pitch and you're on your own or you're on the baseball diamond or on your basketball court, when someone keeps on yelling and you ignore them so they're not getting a reaction out of you, the blood boils They go into that reptilian brain and they think, okay, well, if he's not going to listen to my words, well, I'm going to take physical action. And that's where the verbal abuse becomes physical abuse. And it happens all the time. We lose 80% of our officials within three years. And the number one reason they give is the abuse they receive from spectators, players, and coaches. That is the number one reason. So whose job is it to regulate that? Because this always comes down to the ultimate thing, right? You can't put a cop there. These cops are overstrained. Of course. So who is there? When I was on the baseball board in Roswell, I mean, that was something we talked about routinely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, putting that word out. The baseball board has no authority to do that. No, we did. Well, but. You could. The only thing you could do is say, "Look, your kids will be basically suspended." But then if the parents. Then, then you're something. blaming the kids now for something that a parent does, which I is know. just as bad. So, oh, exactly. Let's let's. I'm always about let's get to the solution, yeah. right? Yep. So, what do you think would be some some things we can do to alleviate that and to help with it? So, education yep. is a first and foremost, okay. of course. You know, okay. again, having signage at the field, having policy to the field, of course, that these. You know, your kids are not professionals. The referees are not professionals. You You are not a professional, which is probably why you're yelling at your kid right now. Teaching your parents what the proper behavior is. You are here to cheer. You're not here to coach. You've got a coach for that. The ref, refs, coach, coaches, you cheer your kid. That's your job. And then if someone breaks that, you know, that there's penalties for that. And there are some uh, states and community groups and leagues, and now they're starting putting policies where if you verbally abuse a referee, you now have to volunteer to ump three games or you have to, you know, referee soccer three games before you're allowed to come back to the field. Yeah, you cannot come back until you actually volunteer time to be a ref to see what that is. So putting policy in place, having education in place. I mean, we had great coaches for my son. We specifically went to, you know, left a club to go to another club, one club where the the parents were very toxic and yelling at the players and refs all the time. We went to another club and the coach was like, you talk to the ref at all, your kid ain't playing. And I think that's also contagious. You know, I want to, we're going to keep this going on the podcast in just a minute, but we're going to wrap up for the, uh, the radio show. Uh, David Gerson, um, head of marketing at TK Elevator. Thank you for joining us on the Marketing Mad Men. Uh, You can always find us on extra106.3.com. Uh, if you want to uh, to dial in, ask questions, or also uh, if we've got some people such as David who uh, want to be on the show. So reach out to Nick and ourselves. So thanks. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week. All right. So thank you. let's get back to it. So how, again, I think it is contagious. I think if it is allowed, if people see the behavior is allowed, then it becomes contagious because now all of a sudden you had a bad day, and you might not be that guy, but all of a sudden you hear somebody else yelling, and now it's you've, you've had your frustrations there. So let's keep going down. How, as like, look, it's marketing. These are marketing policies, how you're externally portraying yourself. So what is some advice you give to people who are dealing with this with their kids or who are that guy and don't want to be that guy? Let's keep that conversation going because I think it is really important as a sports station. I believe in the power of sports. I think it gives you the competitive spirit. I think it gets you to understand how coaching works, hierarchy, leadership. I think the net positive is always positive in the sports world. But I think if we allow it to keep going to a point where parents are dominating these kids' lives and putting them in positions they shouldn't be in, that it's going to start turning the other way. So give us some more tips and advice, maybe for parents and kids and how they can avoid those kind of situations. Yeah. Nick, 1,000% agree in the benefit of sport. And I'm just going to say as an adult. And and so in this country, so we lived in the Netherlands for a while. 
in Europe, they never stop playing. You know, they, they play Sunday league football right. or they play field hockey or they go do chorus or whatnot. They're always participating in something. Here in America, it seems like we do sport for a while and then we fall out and, and we lose that connection. And sport is so fantastic. So I ref every weekend of my life. I run on a pitch 10 to 20 miles every single weekend. I am out there. I am participating. And it's not just the physical benefit, which has mental benefits as well, but it's that mental focus. I lose myself in that. All of the stress goes away and I can relax. And I am a better marketer at my job, you know, at TK Elevator, right. because I referee on the weekend, because I participate in a sport on the weekend. And I think as a kid, it's so wonderful, whether I played baseball, or I played hockey, or I played soccer, or I played rugby, I was a Division One rugby player, I was a rugby referee, whatever it was, I loved it, I loved bonding with the teammates, and the satisfaction of being out there and doing it. But what I see right now, and one of the funniest comments yeah. you hear from the, you know, the, the peanut gallery out there, don't make it all about you, ref, is you uh. have parents making it all about them. them. Oh, absolutely. Where they're screaming at their kid, pass, shoot, do this, switch, dun-dun-dun. They're screaming at their kid. Their kid's not having the opportunity to think, develop a basketball IQ or a soccer yeah. IQ or for themselves. working in the parameters of a team. It That's right. You, not they're not listening to their yeah. coach anymore. They get their parent doing it. And then you, of course, have the parent who's yelling at the referee. So what do you think the kid does? They start yelling at the referee as well. Or they start yelling at their teammates. Or their teacher in school. Or Oh, yeah. It is a thing, and I experience it all the time. If you have a really good coach who you know, lays down the boundaries of, you know, I'm the coach, you're the player, you're the parents, we've got jobs to do, and this is how it is. You usually have kids who play to the whistle, you know, who work as a team, who focus on what they practice during the week, and they're generally very su- successful. I love doing the MLS Next games. So that's the okay. MLS Academies. Right. I love it because they know, especially Atlanta United, they tell the parents, hey, if you yell to the kids during this match or you yell at a ref, you're off this team. They know it. And so generally those higher level academies, they lay down that law. But as you start moving down yeah. and you don't have that type of like fear of being kicked off one of these academy teams, you know, you see the parents just really just kind of going crazy. And I'm not going to say it's a universal truth, but it's a serious problem where the parents wind up being the focus of the attention, the the spectacle, and they ruin it for their children. Well, and a lot of times I I used to have it coaching where uh, they were so into it that the kids freaked out (laughs) and it just, it created, you know, anxiety and performance, you know, for the kids because, oh my God, my mom or my dad's doing this in the stands. I I also think one of the most important things about sport, underrated actually, is discipline. And I think that when you, especially when you make it to the highest level, right? Like, so I was an all-county lacrosse player in Long Island. And like the one thing that registered with me is that while I was playing sport, I was disciplined to what the coach and the team were saying, okay? So how do you expect your children to do do something if you are not showing the same thing? Mm -hmm. Discipline is being mad at a ref, but shutting your freaking mouth and letting the game play. So how do you expect your children to be star athletes if one of the most important factors of being an athlete, you're not even displaying it? And it's self-control. Everyone gets angry. You have every right to get angry, but it doesn't mean you punch the guy next to you. And I think it is covering this country as a whole right now that we are letting the negative emotions outrule what our brains are saying, which is you're not an animal. Mm Shut up, sit there, mm-hmm. watch the game, and benefit your child because what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. And, and, I think a, and as a coach, board. especially at the rec level a lot, but um, a little bit of travel, but you know, it was incumbent on me to tell all the players, you do not speak to them. That's my job. Right. And I don't care if you're the best player on the team. If I catch you 
bad mouthing, talking negative to the mm-hmm. the ref umpire, whatever the sport is, you're going to sit. Yeah. And well, you have to follow through with that, even if it's the best player and the game's tied and four minutes to go. You've got – the coach, that's a responsibility a coach has to have yeah. for the well, players. I think it's life lessons, right? Yeah. So when a ref makes a call that you agree with or don't agree with, arguing is not going to change the call. What you should be teaching the child yeah. and parents should be teaching their children is it's not what happens to you in life. It is how you respond to it. So when there is a negative situation or something you don't agree with, okay – Great. How do you respond? How do you move forward? Get ready for the next play. Get focused on the next play. Wasting your time, energy, whining about something is horrible. And then at the end of the game, okay, if you lose, which always seems to happen, okay, well, it's the ref's fault. It's the ump's fault. Are you kidding? There might have been one call that you disagree with. It could have been a key match decision, no doubt. But you took 30 shots on goal. You only made one or you made none. What about those 20 other 29? Did you complete every pass? Yeah. Really? No. You completed about 60%, maybe 50% of your passes. What could you have done better to change the outcome of that match? Yeah. They use the official as a scapegoat, and they don't take personal responsibility. That's become more pervasive across sport, though. Like the oh, NBA well, is the worst only, example. Not only across the NBA, sport, I mean, the players are like, oh, it was two bad calls. It's like, dude, that's a 48-minute game. But then the like, sale, you lost by eight points. The I salesperson mean, said, well, I only made four calls today because, well, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. Well, why didn't you make 10 calls? Well, but that's, that is just I mean, general that's, that's, disdain. That's, that's, no, but that's the whole – it, it, one yes. is the same as the other. That's Absolutely. our general it's, disdain for personal accountability. Right, exactly. As a society, we have been driven away from personal accountability. Yes. Yeah. Too far. That they, well, it's not there anymore. So, Agreed. yeah, man, this, is, this has been awesome. I think we'll yeah. put this one out as a secondary because I think this conversation uh, different but topical to say the least. Oh, I think it's great. And uh, like I said, my, my son's starting. I have been uh, asked for a while. I've, I have not done it since I, I finally – stopped coaching basketball when he got to college and um and right about covid but the basketball umps for years have been asking me to do it and uh i don't want to do baseball because i want to keep my summers but uh it's probably the inspiration for me to say you know what let me go ahead and get uh, reach out to the guys and uh, get trained this fall because the winter it's perfect for me it's it's like you it's, it's something to keep me active in the winter absolutely and uh you know it's it's good for the community and i think it can be good for for the soul too i think so David Gerson, uh, Nick Constantino, Trip Job, the Marketing Mad Men, and uh, we'll catch you next week.